from the Lager Logs HQ, Points of View with Tommy Tittlemouse. Tensions rise in the Middle East as citizens of Iran start walking. Andrew Lloyd Webber is back but critics slam Phantom of the Hopra. Holland signs petition to impose ban on the phrase Dutch courage. And MPs vote in favour of harsher sentences for hooch harassment. Good evening. Scientists are now reporting news is okay, but beer is better. Welcome to the Lager Logs Points of View with Tom and Stu. I'm Tom, he's Stu. Say hello, Stu. Hello. I apologise. I don't have an introduction as extravagant and partially dated as that one. <laughs> Look, you gotta, you got to do your homework, you know, a little bit of preparation. I think it just it goes a long way, Stu. Um, guys, welcome to tonight's episode. Thank you for being here. We have another booze review plus interview lined up for your listening pleasure. And uh, we truly hope you're enjoying the new format. But if you're not, I'll be disappointed as it took me ages to wipe this USB. Stu, who are you? What are you doing in my kitchen? Thomas, <laughs> I'm joining you via the internet. I don't know who is in your kitchen. <laughs> oh, shit. Give me a few seconds. Get get out. Get. T- just tell them to pass you that beer. There's, there's no beer in the fridge, I promise. Look, no, I, I need those 51 bowls. They're, they're mine. For my own laser time. Thank you. Cheers. He's gone. He's gone. Okay. He's gone. Um, so you're okay? Yes. <laughs> I am bloody thirsty. That is good to hear. Tonight, man, you know this. I know this. These mm-hmm. guys might not know this, but the interviews just keep coming in a nonstop pounding assault to put Johnny Sins in a snowball fight to shame. We speak with Jeff of the Brew Gooders later in the episode, but first up, we take on Vault City's Iron Brew Beer, which yes, I'm sir. sure offers up a unique taste fusion of girders and copyright infringement. Let's not waste any more time and crack this can wide open. It's Iron Brew! Sour. Strong and irony. Iron Bruce Sour. Is that better? Andy, can, who were you trying to be? Who were you channeling? You! <laughs> Probably like some kind of last of the summer wine that fell through bite. <laughs> Is that... That's a very specific reference. Andy, Ken. Which episode is that? Which season? I need to go back. I need to go back to that. So, yeah, do you want to crack this bad boy open? Yes. Let's do it. Um... I cannot wait. I know these have been sat in the fridge for a wee while. Long time, man. Long time. But tonight is the night. Woo! Oh, it's got that smell. That smell. Oh, well, like piss and rice pudding. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What is uh, that? So, yes, this is a controversial drink. <laughs> I'll warn you now, this is actually my second tin. Oh, you have had this before? Yeah, I decided to try it a few weeks ago. Ah, oh, you cheeky bugger doing it without me. I'm, I'm heartbroken. When I was in Edinburgh for the, the Belfield Brewery Tour. Oh, I'm sorry, we've turned into Home and Away for a second. <laughs> it's a ratio here. Um, 
I stopped into the wee bottle, no, the wee vault, which is a bottle shop uh, near Haymarket. Mm. And I, I believe it's just some sort of bottle shop, but it's from the, the Vault City crew now. So I guess it's just one there. It's a tiny, tiny little tap room, which has uh, more taps than seats, I believe. I think there's 10 stools ah, okay. and 24 beards on tap. I like that ratio. So, and it says, I believe it was just near enough all of their stuff. Like, and of course, that is, to, as far as I know, the only place that still is slinging Iron Brew. So it I seems to, to be fairly hard to find or a bit um, rare to find. It, I feel like it, it It was like the, the sour of the week back in, ah, okay. I don't know, was it February? So, or, or it was lining up with Burns Night. So, it came out then, and obviously I feel like they have a new beer. It was Apple Sewers last week. That Apple kind of Sewers? Yes. Apple Apple Sewers? As an like underground as in like sour. But West. also maybe a wordplay with that a drink they used to take shots of. Apple Sewers. Sewers. S-O-U-R-Z. Sours. Yeah. Sows. Yeah, but they done sewer. So it was another play on words. You had Iron Brew, they have Apple Sewers, and they were just like a blinding green sour beer. Ah, um, okay. Came out around the same week as St. Patrick's Day. So, like, they've got their nice. sort of market into a tea. Like, they know when to release, like, a a themed beer. Whereas, like, ah. man, oh, I should really take a picture of beer for Instagram on St. Patrick's Day. Wait, this beard's fucking brighter than the Green Lantern. I'll get you. <laughs> Fluorescent. Yeah, I got confused. I thought you meant uh, like sewers. Not from the sewer. No. I thought that you were meant the, the... there were no scooping shite out the river. <laughs> and then I, th- I thought that the the green color to it might be in tribute to the ooze that created the Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles. No, that was was that pink? I, I think actually, uh, in yeah, it was definitely another fluorescent <laughs> color. Guys, no turtles affiliation at all tonight. It's beer, just to confirm. I'm excited. Um, do you? Uh, oh no, sorry. Well, have you had any Vault City stuff in the past aside no, from this one? I've had two. One of them was a a beer fifty two beer. And I think we've we've discussed that on a future episode. And I had one of their pina colada sours, which was very tropical. But it's the fine line of sours, like when sour is like a very distant cousin of beer, I believe. Yeah. I would love to kind of see how they brew their beers in comparison to ours, because I feel sours are completely different beasts itself. It kind of, it's the the faint line between sort of like going into cider territory and beer. Definitely, yeah, it's definitely a fine line for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this. I was going to say this has got like a cidery kind of wheat I mean, beer kind of vibe to it. The hazy in terms of the smell orange colour down. Oh, definitely. That definitely looks like Iron Brew. Yeah, I think I do remember you mentioned that Vol City beer. Um, mm-hmm. But with our recording schedule at the moment, the way it is, I mean, it's it's a bit topsy turvy. So forgive me, Stu, or I might have just not been listening to you. That's definitely either way. Either way, it was acceptable. Um, Why don't we uh, taste this blinking beer? You want to do? You want to do it now? We are a beer podcast. 
It makes she is. Sense. It's a good fit for us. Cheers, <laughs> Jim. Hmm. It's okay. different, isn't it? Okay. Okay. It's it's got it's definitely got the iron brew flavour. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a lot more sour than, yeah. than iron brew is. It tastes like what's the fizzy chewy bars you get? Oh, it's sort of like the iron brew chews. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, yeah. Of course, sorry. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I know you can get the Vimto ones. Yeah, I think it was like brew chews or something, but it is. Where it would just be wrapped in plastic, and it's just like a little strip, almost like the the ruler you would get in primary school. Yeah, like but like that kind length of, of bright orange. <laughs> yeah, like stretchy but teeth breakingly mm. hard. Yeah, you would take a bite and then just stretch, like, and you get little lose, fangs and lose a molar. Mm, um, that's it. it would strip you of your fillings, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is something else that that was based on. I think, I think there are variations of this particular sweet that I am yeah. thinking of. That like, is how you would get like a refresher. How it would be like on a lolly. Yeah. Kind yeah. of similar vibe. It's, it's kind of got your old school sweet vibe to it. Definitely got old school kind of tangy sweet vibe to it. Ooh. <sighs> It's interesting. I'm not against it at no. all. It doesn't taste much like beer to me, but well, that's that's going where down. the line blurs when it becomes sour, sour territory. Yeah, I mean, of course. We classed the that cherry Bacchus beer as yeah. well. That was a well, that was a cherry beer, but that was like again. that was that was a sour, and that was mm. um, that was really good, and I enjoyed it. But again, didn't taste like a beer, you know, at all to me. See that? That's it. And I know, let's see, when I tried it last month, I, I kind of had the same feeling as I had now and then shared the tin with my wife. So I just left half a tin, went back to watching TV and it was about 10 minutes later. I was like, oh, Jesus, no, 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 you can have that. You can have that. <laughs> and so we'd been drinking beer all day at, at, at Belfield. So it's, I think she became accustomed to what beer's like. This is what beer should be tasting like. Take a drink of this. I'm like, wait, this is like, sugary flat cider but really really <laughs> yeah. sour what's going on and just like no nah, i am not a sour person <laughs> so. yeah that, that that's a little bit different i suppose especially after a bunch of beers uh, <laughs> it could be a yeah, bit hard spend on the day stomach drinking, really like lager and pilsners so yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a different um so thing to come across of this fruity and sour at the if, back if you end. weren't expecting it yeah Ooh, coming out of nowhere um right so sitting at a flirty 5.5 percent we have iron brew sour from vault city brewing based in portello edinburgh these guys were founded back in 2018 so uh fairly new to the biz by stephen smith and johnny horn Con- concentrating initially good job good save on small How batches stick, of beer to the script for scotland wasn't long before the brews hit the UK and they were soon to be the golden boys of the international beer festival circuit with a breakout appearance at that year's Beavertown extravaganza. <laughs> Sounds like a hoot. It was the elderflower sour and mango sour beers that broke them uh, into the mainstream and they seemed to concentrate on the pudding or dessert side of beer making with their catalog mm-hmm. stuffed 
with such brews as pineapple upside down cake. Ah, uh, yes. Guava banana banoffee toffee smoothie. Wow. <laughs> and the 10.5% fruits of the forest triple stacked breakfast waffle. Ah, uh, yes. These... I believe that one was on tap. <laughs> these, <laughs> these lads love to get a little fruity, I tell you. Mm. Um, like, the percentages vary. Like, high, I think that waffle like, one was say. high. Yeah. I can't imagine getting pissed off a breakfast beer. Man, you're getting into but dessert wine impossible. territory <laughs> <laughs> at this point. Madness. Right, Stu, let's get into the nitty gritty. It's Last Beer's Watch. I think I forgot to clap the last couple of times, so I want to continue that tradition because it's a great segment, you know, and I feel like it deserves it. Um, yes. <laughs> what's been going on with you, Stu? I've been celebrating. I have finally broke the seal on the 10.5% Supernova. This is Spey Valley Imperial Stout. My first Imperial Stout. So at 10.5%. I have been gagging to hear your views on this one. How did it go down, man? It was it was such a weird beer to drink. I think just with the the high percentage you were drinking, and I, I couldn't phrase it any other way than you could feel the volume. Mm. Like, like I, would, I know when people now talk about, like, when they get a mouthful, they could feel the body of the beer. It's like, like it all the, sounds strangely erotic. But, um, <laughs> like the warmth of it, like that. Yeah, like you, warmth, you yeah. Almost like like when you're drinking whiskey and you could mm. feel the heat come off of it right away. That alcohol burn. Like that, this was just like like coffee, but with like a kick to it. <laughs> just really dark, rich, and just comes at you with this heat after mm. it. And it's like, whoa, this is one that you take your time drinking. Because so, it's a big it's a big bottle as well, isn't it? Uh, no, not. It, it looks are deceiving. It is a 330ml. Oh, it looks, it looks super long. Have they just stretched it, <laughs> stretched it out? They've been <laughs> dipping it in candle wax. <laughs> they were doing all types of things to, to it. give it that little extra edge. So that was uh, Spey Valley Breweries. And yeah, it was great. I probably wouldn't have it again because it's it's just it's strong, isn't it? So rich, and yeah, rich. I rich and dark, but that can, you know me, you know what kind of stout man I am. Yeah, there was no pudding flavors in there. No, there was no 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 milk, no mm-hmm. no uh, UHT, no no salted uh, caramel, no where's soy. my fudge. No, where's my no. latte? <laughs> no, where's my biscuit? If, if there's if there's no if there's no milk in the stout, the boys. Why doesn't happy. this taste like shortbread? Where's the shortbread? It should do. It should do. That's what we all want. That's what we all crave. What do you mean beer. there's no sugar in this beer? Terrible. So it's getting it wrong over and over again. These beer companies. So, but I'm glad to have it because it's been sat rolling about on the top shelf of my fridge for the last four <laughs> months. It's been a long time, yeah, I remember when you picked yeah, it up. So I picked it at Christmas, going, oh, guess what I'm doing tonight? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm glad you finally got around to it, bud. Yeah, so, so that would be definitely be a recommendation if you can find it. If you can find it, if you see it in your local littles, definitely. It was like Brilliant. maybe 2 
Sounds like it was definitely worth it. So that's still that cheaper than bottle shop prices. Imagine buying a ten percent beer out of bottle shop. You'll be paying more than two ninety nine. Come on, just skip so. your skip your flat white from the the Nero's exactly Cafe Nero's and pick yourself. You don't up need the Greg's breakfast style. meal deal this Wednesday. You don't, and I think the Imperial Stout is a better start to the day. Most of the time, it's the better option. It warms you up. It does in these in these cold summer days, spring <laughs> days. It nice little bit of warmth. Extra you warmth. said it right when you said there were the days. It's like a <laughs> you feel it after, like when you finish that. There's a nice hazy days going on. It's like a black. You get soft blankets. around the corners. All of a sudden, you're wrapped in bubble wrap, and you're not angry about it. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, so, but, anything else, Stu? Yes, I'm, I'm holding back to the end of last season where we introduced the last beer's bot. Mm. Bring it in. Bring it back. Friday, our local Audi had rotated some of their stock and had been bringing in some new fierce beer. Oh, brilliant. And one particular bad boy I like the look of was this... Oh, I haven't seen that one. It is Tropical Pale Ale. Cool can art. I know, and that's what kind of got me was this lovely can art. And then after I bought it and looked closer, I was like, what type of beer did I just buy? <laughs> Fruity Session Pale Ale. Oh, wow. And I'm always like, ah, Session. Like It's, it's a marketing term. They're just trying to get you to get yeah. easier drinking beer. But this one's rocking at 5%. So that's a bit that's, more than yeah. That's hitting like the ceiling of the session. You will be in the scene after that, jumping on the so. couch after that. I mean, fierce. Say what you will about their their beers, but I think I've said this in the past. The can art always amazing. Like mm. always, really kind of um, eye catching. Yeah, amazing. Stuff. I do. I do enjoy a number of their beers. So I'm always happy to kind of see the new stuff hit the shelves. Yeah. I think they had like a double IPA out as well. Come rocking on. it near 8%. Let's go. Let's do and it. I thought, maybe if it's still there next time, then I'll buy a ticket for the ride. But <laughs> we'll let that one go this time. <laughs> and then, and as does on the way home today, I wasn't planning on buying beer, but I somehow ended up in that aisle. So, you know, just a wee bit window shopping. And they sell Tripper, which is nothing, nothing new. As they sell Tripper for a while. But what? This is the Tripper Number of the Beast 40th Anniversary Limited Edition artwork. Wow. The cover of the album. Oh, man. Front and back. That is amazing. Little touch and top. And I think it is a flight of Icarus bottle cap. That's incredible. So. That is incredible. And I thought, oh. Because they teased this on their social media. And I thought, well. Yeah. They're a bunch of cock teasers already. They've done it with Sinjutsu, Sun and Steel. And we never saw it. So when they started. Yeah, I can't believe it. When they started teasing the number of the beast trooper bottles. And I thought fucking teasing bastards at it again <laughs> i'm not gonna fall for it and then yeah they had a shelf full in my whole class and i was like ah and i think maybe the bottle caps is like individual tracks from that album 
I think that um, yeah, I, th- I think that because it's it's just a, a change in the label, they they are quite easy to come. But I do remember that the oh, was it the Halloween version of Trooper? Oh yeah, the Day of the Dead, Day of the Dead version. Yeah, that that's quite common as well. It just seems to be when there's a new beer, you can't get your hands mm. on it. But when there's new yeah. kind of label changes, they're quite easy to come by. Yeah, that's awesome, so. dude. Are you gonna drink it or frame it? Yes, I, <laughs> I will drink it, and you know, I might end up soaking the label. And how you could just wipe it off and then just stick it on the wall, on, let it dry man. out. Fantastic, this beautiful. Decorate it eventually. <laughs> yeah, I noticed you got some extra uh, beer memorabilia in the background. Yes, ah, I'm not sure if I'm making the place up a little bit. The video, but <laughs> just leave it blue tack and slap these fuckers about. Shout out! Amazing anyway. man, amazing. A pretty, pretty damn good week. It's yes. Thomas, what about yes. you? Have, have you been uh, logging any lager lately? I've been doing a bit bit of logging. Yeah, I, I thought I'd keep with the Scotch theme uh, of this oh, episode yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and reel off the last few stragglers from my Scotland 22, uh, 2022 sorry, beer 52 yep. box. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had a few, uh, last few to have a go on. Um, Black Isle Brewery's Walrus. Oh, okay. This was it was a fairly fairly watery oatmeal stout. Um, it was unfiltered, okay. it said, but I don't think that made uh, a lot of difference. There was no oatmeal Based. floating in that stout then. No man, were you no. expecting to find oatmeal in there? No, I do like a few curds sometimes with my way, but um, no, there was nothing like that inside. I don't think it made a lot of difference, to be honest. For me, it was uh, quite light. Very soft, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. It's just not really what I want from a stout. It always maybe a good gateway stout. Maybe I think I've said it before. When the text is a bit lighter with a stout, it just it doesn't sit right on belly for some reason. Um, yeah. It was very similar to Belfield's Dark Sky Porter I mentioned Ooh, okay. previously on the show. Very similar kind of consistencies, taste profiles. Yeah. It's not really my my bag, but I can I can see why people like them because they're quite light to drink the mm-hmm. kind of um, more watery stouts yeah but, uh yeah not really my thing but a uh, funky drummer from uh 71 oh. brewing man yes fantastic beer i, I fantastic agree beer. I, Double had IPA. That, I had that the weekend but i didn't want to talk about it <gasps> um, that was the like i described that one as i don't know where i described it but it's a good beer to make bad decisions with. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's, uh, there was a lot of bad decisions um, after this beer, for sure. I won't go into on the show. I mean, save, save that for the Lager Logs only fans. But um, I, had a, I had a ten of it, and then I noticed I had an invoice from Fiverr and Amazon. <laughs> I was like, what did I do last night? What? <laughs> a new webcam? YouTube videos? What? Financial decisions are made. Uh, with beers like this yeah it was crazy because it's kind of very refreshing but at the same time very complex and yeah. it had that like we were saying that nice uh alcoholic warmth to it as well but not too in your face like it didn't kind of mm-hmm. punch you in the face with it it just like tickled your cheek a little bit yeah with it a bit of sweetness on the back end very hazy i really I, I really dug it i i, I really did um i couldn't I see myself as well i couldn't i couldn't i said i'm really uh, chuffed to hear that man I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad um because i thought it was great uh, i don't think i'd i'd have too many of them but 
a couple no, of nah. uh, that's a, a good, good one to kind of cap the evening with. Definitely want to finish on not not the sours. Bring in the double IPAs. That's the wiser <laughs> wiser decision. Um, and yeah, the last one was a six degree Norths uh, beer, Madison, which is the West oh, Coast. Yeah. IPA. I'm normally quite partial to a West Coast IPA. I think it's probably uh, one of my favourite variants of it, um, but of the IPA style. But Jesus, it, it was this was just overwhelmingly bitter. Did how carbonated was yours? Not so much, I would say. Yeah, to be honest, I, I tr- tried that one. Like again, obviously we both kind of had similar tins in our boxes, but like I cracked it open and there was like no fizz, no bubble, like no carbonation whatsoever. Uh, Took a swig and I was like, ah, just flat. Nah, yeah, yeah. Mine wasn't flat, but it definitely wasn't particularly fizzy. Yeah, I did. I felt like so. I got a bad batch. Yeah, bad batch probably. Man. Like yeah. I was, I was like, ah, this this should be better. It should be punchier. And I was just kind of like drinking it flat. I was like, man, it's like dishwater. I can't. No, nah, I'm gonna have to find another beer. I'd be disappointed if if I was you. I would definitely get a refund on my free beer. Um, for sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't know. Um, whether the West Coast style works very well for a high ABV beer. I mean, this guy was like seven point two percent, so it got me pissed. But it was it, it was a bit of a chore. It was just overwhelmingly kind of bitter. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, I think I think the uh, the West Coast IPA works a bit better at kind of like a kind of an average IPA around five, maybe six. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not so much seven point two percent. But yeah, I mean, as I say, I had I had a I had a pretty decent um, time on it. Yeah. <laughs> I had a pretty, pretty decent time when it was all finished so uh, I'd, I'd rate it for that for sure but yeah that was about it for me Stuart um, okay I think we've both had pretty good weeks there while we enjoy our brew and iron out any kinks you guys get to enjoy our interview with the jazzy and joyful Jeff and the brew gooders uh, so Tom and Stu from a couple of months ago, take it away. I really like those guys. More hair, less rings around their eyes, just filled with optimism. And yeah. Right, ladies and gentlemen, we have another treat for you this evening. We have Jeff from the Brewgooders. Jeff, Never say, hello. Say, <laughs> say hello. Say hello. Hey, hey. How are you, man? Uh, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Okay, okay. I'm a school teacher, so Mondays are, uh, I don't know, we're still in the... So you just moonlight as a beer podcaster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, or, okay. Or moonlight as a teacher. I've not worked ah. out which... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so seeing as we, you know, we have you here and we can kind of, uh, we've got time to get into your your background and stuff and your, your history and if so are you, we'd like to start from the top and, and kind of get into where your introduction to craft beer started. What was it that kind of began the journey for you? I don't know. Um, that's not the best start considering you asked me to look at the questions beforehand. I'll tell you what, <laughs> like, we were talking about this on our podcast last week. I would actually say when I was um, starting to date my, my wife, so about 12, 13 years ago, I went to the, Good food show in a, the SEC with the Scottish 
exhibition centre in Glasgow. They had like this big food show and like the the hairy bikers do like cooking show like cooking demonstrations and the you know like Paul Hollywood's there and stuff like that. And then Gordon Ramsay was there as well, which is pretty cool. Watching him swear live. It's quite smart. But um, <laughs> there's also loads of like food and drink companies that uh, you can just go around and sample. And uh, I remember Brewdog were there. So oh, a bit of a swear word now, I think. But Brewdog were there. And I we'll think we'll paper in the edit, don't worry. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it would have been about 2009, I want to say. So, you know, they're only, they're, they're still a microbrewery at that point, maybe, or just kind of verging just on becoming a um, and I remember, um, I remember their old packaging as well, where it was like, it, like every label, you know, every beer was a different color, but the label, you know, they've, they've, they've rebranded differently, you know, and their branding's changed in the last few while. But um, uh, yeah, I remember they had a really nice blonde beer called Trashy Blonde that I really liked, and oh. then obviously uh, Punk IPA, um, which is obviously still there, kind of yeah, stalwart in brew. Yeah, so. I want to say that is, I think, but I think a lot of folk would maybe say that. I don't know how many times you've like Brewdog is probably for a lot of people a gateway beer, and it, 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 so it's like your first kind of taste is something different. And then I don't know. I try and get people to drink. Uh, and folk are asking me, you know, what what's a good kind of starter beer without like going to it's like a, a beer shop and spending a fortune. I would probably say something like you know Gamma Ray by Beaverton or something like that. Yeah. 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 Just anything that's not Brewdog. <laughs> you, uh, do you lean more towards the kind of Beaver Town range? Um, I just can't, I like IP, I like IPAs and I like uh, yeah. New England IPAs in particular. I like Nipahs. So um, at the moment, because um, probably if if I like to drink craft beer or craft style beer, and after a Beaver Town are probably one of the more accessible. You know, they kind of sell them in most places now. Most supermarkets have them now. So, but yeah. That would kind of lean that way for, for sessional stuff, definitely. That's good. I'm glad that we've got you on record for just loving Beaver. So um, glad we glad we got that Sick. down. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's the last. That's the last. <laughs> that's 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 where you were going with that. <laughs> He's been sitting on that line for like two minutes. When you were explaining that there, that kind of answered our second question when we were saying, which way does your taste buds lean when it comes to beer? If you're more of a going for the traditional brews or for the more exotic craft beers? Just as and when, it depends really. Um, summertime, definitely. I like, I like, I really like fruity beers. I know when we talk on the Brugaders, what I quite like is our, uh, our sort of community taste buds are, are really different, but I... Mm. I, I tend to, I don't know, if you'd ask me like my, my proper leanings and it's probably why we, we, we kind of went towards the, when we made our own beer, like I want to say my, my ideal beer is like a 6.3% New England IPA and that's where if like, if you had, you know, back the wall, pick a beer, that's where, that's, that would be my sort of, I don't know, Desert Island disc beer would be, mm. would, would be that, but I mean, I, I think every beer's got its place um, We've got a pub in Dunfermline that I go to on a Sunday afternoon, um, and they've got a it's Charisma, not um, which is a beer by Alchemy. I think are a kind of newish brewery coming out of Livingston in Scotland, mm. and they've got they've got a they've got a beer. I think it's three point seven percent, and it's just it's it's just a great sessional, you know, cask pint. So like yeah, it depends as and where, and I, we talk about that quite a lot on the podcast as well. There's um. Even like Budweiser and Bud Light and Heineken and that all has its place, you know. But yeah, sure certainly, I, so. certainly, I, I like I don't know, something slightly more exotic. 
Oh, so was that kind of, uh, did that go hand in hand with you wanting to create the brew gooders? Uh, was it out of love of, of beers of that type or, or kind of where, where did it initially all come from? Where was it, where was it born? About three years ago now, so about now-ish, um, me, uh, I've known Colin for quite a while, so it's the podcast started out as me and Colin mm. in about April, April 2019, and it was um, it was due to the fact that about three years ago this weekish, our uh, um, the comic book shop that we frequent in in Dunfermline, which is a little shop of heroes, we're both like long term customers there. A uh, craft beer merchant moved, uh, opened up a couple doors down, so mm. me and Colin found that uh, like a big part of our Saturdays was to, you know, because we both live and work in Dunfermline, it was. You know, on a Saturday morning, it was get breakfast, go to the comic shop, go to the beer shop, mm. enjoy both, and that was kind of a Saturday. Yeah, and and I, we just kind of went from there. We, we had podcasts with Colin before, and projects about five or six years ago, and they never, they, they kind of never came to anything. But we were just like, we enjoyed that bit. What bits did we enjoy? And it was like, I, and I quite liked it when we learned about comics and got drunk. So we, you know, we decided <laughs> to base a com- did the base yeah. a, 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 a podcast about that, and uh, that's kind of where it started. And kind of we, we we came up with a name before we realised there was already a beer named after us, or no. we, we you know the brew. But um, we, I I thought it was being super duper clever because uh, originally when I was I mean years and years ago, my dream was to open a comic book shop that also like Moonlight is a comic uh, coffee shop, and mm. it would have been called it would have been called the Brugger. But, um, ah, yeah, okay. That's we got the idea from there, and then for the name, at least from there, and then I say a couple of weeks later, somebody drew our attention to the fact that there's the the beer that does the you know for every pint you buy they they're able to like contribute money towards like water product products mm. or projects in a developing countries, which you know, so mm. they're better than us, but. <laughs> <laughs> so in yeah. an alternate reality, it would be a, a coffee-based podcast. Oh, maybe we talk about that quite a lot. We've got um, we're hoping in the next couple of weeks to month ish, working with uh, Dave Cook, who is a comic writer. He wrote um, what's a series called again? He wrote a cyberpunk series. Um, but it's like we we we've had him on the podcast a couple of times talking about uh, like things like the Matrix, and he really like you know just talking about sci-fi stuff basically. Mm. Um, mm. while while we've been drinking, um, I'll need to remember what. I'm totally, totally annoyed that that slipped my mind. But um, we, we we were going to do an alternative uh, podcast where, because as well as writing comics, he writes uh, coffee table books for computer games. Oh, um, okay. He's got he's got a series out just now called Beat 'Em Up, which is sort of the history of side scrolling streets of rage type nice. games. Oh, okay, um, awesome. Um, so we were um, we were chatting with him, and we're going to do an alternative reality podcast where we go to there's a place in Edinburgh that does N64 games. I think it's called like it's called something like Cafe Sixty Four or something. But it does. Ah. It's a cocktail bar, so we thought we were mm-hmm. going to do like one week without like making any predetermined reference. We're just going to go. Welcome to the Brugaders, the cocktail and retro computer games podcast. <laughs> and see how long it takes for people to start complaining. You know. <laughs> good idea. Spring it on them. That sounds really good. Like a really good idea. Yeah. So, obviously, you mentioned how the show started in 2019. How did the show have to adapt for, like, when, obviously, the pandemic and lockdown restrictions were put into effect? 
How did that affect the show? Um, quite significantly. It, it, it's kind of like a, I don't know, a double-edged sword. I don't know if that's the, um, I, I don't know if that's actually what the saying means, really. But effectively, like for the, the first year-ish that we were a podcast, we, we pre-recorded um, and we would meet, either Colin would come to my house or I'd go to his and we would, we would bring a couple beers each and a couple comics each. Mm-hmm. And we would try and kind of, we'd share the beer and go through like the tasting aspects of the beer at the same time. And, and obviously we just talk about comics and usually like one of us would, you know, it was a good excuse to swap comics and like double up our reading for like no extra money. Mm. And then we did, we did some really, we did some really, we did kind of called them brew good on tour episodes where we went to mm. like beer festivals or comic events and then streamed about it either on the bus or in the pub afterwards. And those were quite good mm. as well. But obviously when lockdown happened, it became very, um, that it changed everything. And, and for almost two years now, it's become our sort of, I don't know, 80 episodes in. It's probably our regular format now is, is the one that we adopt now. Um, which is we kind of we kind of buy our beers separately and just we may spend 15 20 minutes at the start of our podcast chatting through the beers and any sort of beer related news that's going on and stuff that we'd had in the week and then mm. we would and then we, we we do the same with comics but also loads of guests like we guests were quite a rare thing on the podcast originally we we maybe we we would do when we did brew good on tours we would we would go to a pub in edinburgh or we did Edinburgh, we did them firm on the McKinney just put like an open like an open like we we're gonna be here, it'd be really nice if folk could join us. And we got um Barry Lumsden and Stephen Ingram, who are both central Scotland based comic writers, and they came and joined us and that, that was a lovely evening. Mm. Whereas now we've um we, we kind of just message folk and see if any guests want to join us. Yeah. And um that's you know that, that that's created some really really interesting discussions with some really interesting folk who maybe yeah. we wouldn't have been able to or we wouldn't have thought to have reached out to or engaged with beforehand. So yeah, um, and yeah, it's it's changed. I, I think I enjoy it and I love the way our podcast goes now. I'm looking forward to the fact that we're 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 going to try and start to do more like together podcasts where we're back in the same room in that again, which yeah. would be great. Um, but I I think that will just become added dynamic to what we already do you know we're gonna i think because i think podcasts have done quite well at the pandemic you know this you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so, yeah i'd say so yeah yeah we, we certainly we're certainly coming out of the pandemic in a much in a much better position i think than when we went into it you know we were we were, we were quite niche um our uh, our listenership was really localized whereas it's not anymore so we've got you know we've got folk that will join us from you guys will be the same you get folk that come and say hi from all over the place. You know, we've got, we've got a guy in New Jersey that always says good uh, good evening or good afternoon when when, when we're on. And um, mm-hmm. we've got a, we've got an artist in Brazil, Tomas, who always says hi, you know, and but chimes in about whatever the, you know, the local Brazilian craft beer he's drinking at that moment in time is. And it's just really, it's quite amazing. Yeah. So brilliant. A lot of good to have come out of the lockdown, yeah. it seems, for the show. What were, uh, thinking back, uh, other than the ones that you mentioned, uh, some of your favourite episodes or interviews, anything that kind of comes to mind, springs to mind? We've we've had a few. Um, what I've really enjoyed is there, there, there's podcasts where we've interviewed people and then they've become mates, which is, I, yeah. I think, super, super, super awesome. So we had, a, obviously, last, um, the first summer of lockdown, we had Dave Craner 
your corporate creator from Glasgow who writes a, he writes this amazing series called Glass City, which is mm-hmm. sort of in a near future, like sort of um, noir slash dystopian Glasgow, and it's really good. But um, he's now a, he's now a, a host on the, the show, so he went from being guest to friend to host, which was really cool. So awesome. and, and, yeah. and, and and good friend. And same with Andrew, who's our comic book. He owns a comic book shop, the Kingdom Comics and Games in Kirkcaldy. Originally came on as a guest to talk about um, kind of there was a round about the time he came on, there was an issue with quite a, an, an issue with global distribution of comics. And it was like a big thing. There was like, you know, Marvel and DC stuff wasn't making it over to the UK for a couple of weeks. So we brought him on just to give us sort of an insider perspective. And then he's just like not gone away. You know, it's almost. <laughs> he started paying um, rent. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so like, and there's there's loads of comic writers and stuff who like now um, now that we're going back to comic cons and stuff like that, it's bumping into people we know that we've interviewed that regard us as friends and will message us, and that's been amazing. Yeah. So there's been that aspect, but then last year as well, like we, we started to get a wee bit bolder with who we invited on, and seeing if like reach for bigger names and see what happens. Um, so we got Dave McKean on last year, who is a comic artist. For he's, he he was Neil Gaiman's sort of oh, okay. he was Neil Gaiman's like go to artist for a long time, and he he drew the um what's the series called Arkham um, Arkham Asylum uh um, he he wrote the the first big kind of graphic novel of that which is oh, wow. sort of the benchmark for Arkham Asylum series but it's also probably one of the blueprints for the computer games so mm-hmm. that was pretty. Sm- um, he's he's done loads and loads of stuff. He um he's even illustrated stuff for Heston Blumenthal's like cookbooks and stuff like that. Oh, and just okay. um, did, some, did some work with Professor Richard Dawkins. So it was just really cool to have him on. We had Dave Pugh, who was a, a an artist for Slain um, in the eighties. Sort, sort oh, of. Oh, okay. He, he was cool. He was really smart because like you could just ask him a question and let him go for twenty minutes because um, <laughs> he, um, he he lives in he lives in the Philippines now. I think it's the Philippines. And just is in is in like retirement and has been for a while, and just will just chat to anybody that wants to chat about his comic career, which That's is really cool. smart. And then uh, I think probably for me the, the 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 big one. I mean, they're all big, and they're all it's amazing meeting loads of folk. And we've had it feels like we just have some really amazing folk that we can turn to and, and chat now. But um, we we managed to get Kevin Eastman on for fifteen minutes last summer, mm. and um, he created the he was co-created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. So that was kind of like, that was totally surreal because I had to, um, I interviewed him at like one in the morning because it, it was, he was doing a press, he was kind of doing like a pre, like a digital press tour. And mm. so all, all the people that were being, all the people interviewing him were given 15 minute slots. That was the last one of the day. So um, it was like 4 p.m. his time, 1 a.m. 1 a.m. our time. And, he, um, and, and he, I think he was tired. I was knackered. Um, but he just chatted, and I, I maybe got an extra ten minutes t- oh, time with him just wow. because of of the luck of the sort of the timing. Yeah, it was just hearing the hearing him talk about like where he got the idea for like calling naming them all after like, Renaissance painters mm. in there, or the new the new Turtle series, uh, The Last Ronin, is incredible. It's probably one of the coolest comic books to come out in in, in a while, and mm. um, for him to be like, oh. You know, to him to be talking about that as if we would every other guest we have that want to big up their new series, and mm-hmm. he's like big up his series, and they're like, "Man, you're talking about like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles." <laughs> um, and then like, and I, I asked him, I asked him a similar question to what you just asked me, where it was like, "What, what parts of your career or, or your time and and are you most 
are you most proud of? And he started you know, talking about when the movie came out and when he got to work yeah. with Jim Henson. And I'm like, that's so awesome. I'm like, you know, yeah. I've never known anyone that can name drop Jim Henson before. They start chatting about beer. Like, just like, I was like, do you drink beer? And he's like, oh yeah. And he just was like, chatting about stouts for 10 minutes as well. It was great. <laughs> One beer to bind us all, eh? Absolutely. <laughs> Me and Tom first became savvy with the Brew Gurus uh, when Cool Brewing advertised a virtual beer tasting that you organised. Um, I just thought you it was a good chance for you to tell us uh, what went into the organisation of this event. Have you sort of done stuff like that before? It, not really that kind of thing. It just um, we through the first year and a half of the podcast, and one of the things that we always try and talk about the podcast on the podcast is is, is local beers. So we'd been we'd met with Mark, the brewer at M Cool, quite a few times. Um, actually, uh, uh, like I was saying earlier about making friends with folk, we'd um, originally me and Mark were going to start a metal detecting together because <laughs> um, okay. in, in, in a bizarre <laughs> offshoot of, of hobbies, that's just something that me and him are yeah, both into yeah. as well. So um, I, I'd been chatting back and forth with Mark and and, and got in real, got quite friendly with him and. Uh, um, Ian along at um, Beef, I'd been going out to um, to, to the brewery to pick up growlers d- during lockdown as well. Because, you know, I, I don't know if you guys recall, but apart from going to the supermarket, you know, it was quite tricky to get beers, and I just wanted to take advantage of the fact that Dunfermline, you know, within a sick that sick, you know, at one point I think we were told you can go more than five miles, and within that five mile radius, mm. there was access to really good beer if, if, if I approached the brewery and take advantage of delivery services and stuff like that. And then um Steve Hope at a brew shed in Lincolns as well. Like we'd we me and Colin had gone down to the brewery. It was one of our first brew good tours actually was to just hang out with him in his garden and drink beer that he was brewing out of his shed. It was really smart. So mm-hmm. just, there were just names that we had and then you know just wanted to we just wanted to do something. We 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 we'd been planning I remember do you remember like towards the end of the first year of the first lockdown year, was it twenty twenty? It feels like all blinks here, twenty twenty. Was that the first lockdown year? I think so, yeah. 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 Towards the end of that, like I can remember sort of New Year coming around and being like, Oh, thank goodness this year's finished. Twenty twenty one's gonna be so much better. And then, <laughs> and then by about February it was like, Oh, this is just much of the same. So we yeah. we'd already talked about um like trying to organise a night out and we used to do it before lockdown where we would um we basically just put up on Facebook, we'd been calling and be like, oh, we're out in, uh, we're in Dunfermline, we're going to start here and then we're going to move here. We'd really like it if folk could join us. And so we'd been planning on doing that. And then they just kept getting put back or like, there, you know, obviously restrictions were getting lifted then like reinstated and it was just getting really annoying. So we just decided to try and do something and then, you know, no, no financial interest in our part. So it was like just making something that would be fun. We'd allow different folk to try different beers, uh, it would allow for a wee bit of charity. I think we made like seventy quid for Chaz, and then um, yeah. that's something we'd um Colin. I know Colin's been involved quite heavily with Capital Sci-Fi Con, which is a fe- which is a comic convention in Edinburgh that happens every February, Marchish, and obviously that had to, that had to go digital last year, like most comic cons mm. did. It's just um and normally I know Colin spends quite a lot of time. And he's re- he's created comic anthologies where the proceeds went to. And it was just it was just an excuse for uh, it was an excuse for folk like-minded beer drinkers to get drunk and try new beer and hear from the brewers but also uh, 
and also maybe do a wee bit for charity. I kind of just enjoy doing events. I don't know. I always have. All, I like. I'm the um. I don't know. I'm I'm the friend of the group of all my friendship groups who's like who runs the WhatsApp group or does the organizes the events. Yeah, I, 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 you know the, the spreadsheet for the five uh, the fives on a Sunday night and all the all the all the nonsense. <laughs> that. Um, I saw I saw a thing on a I saw a thing on Facebook that suggested that the the friend with the the friend who admins the WhatsApp group and does the spreadsheet. Is the is the backbone of British society that nobody, <laughs> ever, that nobody, that nobody ever talks about? Uh, yeah, I, quite, I quite I quite like organising things. Um, I quite I don't know why. Yeah, but I quite like doing. I quite you know if there, if there's a party that needs planned or like mm. a, a night out where folk need to sort the taxis and the buses and the and what pubs are we going to and, and what order in the crawl? I quite like to do that. I don't know why. So mm-hmm. it's just an excuse to do something like that, even when we we're in lockdown. Mm. And. Uh, just get to meet new folk, you know. Yeah. We met we met yourselves. There was folk that had that had always sort of chimed in in the pod, like Dave Craner, for example. Again, where folk were you know popping into the podcast and uh, every Thursday we go live, so folk like drop wee comments and stuff, and then we we have a kind of a blether with folk that are watching us, and it was a you know it was an excuse to actually be in a room with them, and yeah, it was nice. It was a really I don't know. Um, I noticed a few folk. I don't know about yourselves, but I know I did. But we, I put a shirt on for the night, even though it was I was sitting in my living room. <laughs> I did. Know. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I make a good imper- a good uh, good appearance, obviously, um, for, for for the rest of the it, guys. It was the closest thing to a night out that I think a lot of us have had in a long time. You know. And, yeah, yeah, it definitely felt like that. Yeah. And uh, you know, me and Stu were just happy because we thought after our performance, you never speak to us again. So it's good to be able to chat to you tonight. This has been um, this has been a long time coming. Um, actually, I think we've meant to have you on our podcast, Mm. and then vice versa, and I don't know what's, but um, it's uh, a. We we, we had you on last year, didn't we? And it's it's been amazing. So, yeah, have you on every week? We need to sort that out. I don't know what that means, (laughs) but um, (laughs) I'm sure you'll sort it out though. (laughs) Maybe spreadsheet. Um, that's probably again like talking about like all the negatives that kind of came out of lockdown um sort of like i found the circle of friends and the circle of folk that i've met got massively wide and it's just really nice i mean colin mm-hmm. went to thought bubble last year which is sort of i want to say i've not been to many but i think it's uk it's uk's most prestigious sort of indie comics okay. event um, so it's three kind of massive halls in Harrogate where you just it's just folk that have got tables with their independent stuff. You know, there's sort of big comic writers there as well, but um, like big name comic writers who work for the, the sort of the bigger companies. But it's just nice. It's a nice place for like independent guys to meet up and hang out. And um, it was nice. Like me, and Colin went, and there's loads of guys that we had. I wouldn't say about thirty or forty of the previous guests that we never met face to face were in the hall and were like. Coming out to see us and give us cuddles and it was just nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, I, I think you'd already touched upon it before, but another obviously noteworthy event for you or for the show uh, in general was your collaboration with local brewery, and you ended up releasing your own craft beer speech bubble. Was it was it called? Um, yes. How did that all happen? I mean, uh, it was with Beef Brewing, right? Yeah, Beef and yeah, Beef Brewing and Beef. Um, I it kind of it kind of came around kind of funny. So Colin initially, I want to say in about September, was like it was inter. Well, I, I'll, if somebody googles it, they'll be able to tell me exactly when it was. But um, w- there was a Saturday where it was International Comic Book Day, and none of us knew about it, and we were like, "That's a bit of a 
considering we run, you know, it's one of those things that you're like, we should be one of the experts on that topic. <laughs> so the fact that we don't know anything about it, it just shows you how kind of underappreciated, at least in Scotland or in Britain, British comics, how underappreciated international comic book day is. Mm-hmm. So Colin was like, there isn't, so Colin had done like loads of Googling and that was like, there isn't such thing as Scottish comic book day. And actually all the, um, all the hashtags and at stuff that you can do on Twitter, all the Twitter handles and that, there's, they're all free for Scottish comic book day. So let's say uh, we should do something. So originally the idea was just to like retweet that hashtag on the, um, on the day. And then, um, after about a couple of weeks of kind of of running the, the Facebook pages and the, the Twitter pages for that event, it was growing arms and legs exponentially. It was actually quite exciting. And then, as I say, the organizer of me was like, I I want to do something as part of this. I think we should do something as part of this. And I was like, we should do the after party. That would be quite funny. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's an excuse for us all to get around a, a beer, yeah. get around a table for a beer. Mm. But then again, that kind of grew arms and legs. And it's like, we could... We could go to a local brewery. We could you could we, we could use contacts and go for that. So we met with a uh, haberdashery, which is um, a pub in the firm which my friend, my wife's friend owns, Darren. And we met we met with him and sort of shared our idea. And then about an hour later, we're like, you know, he's like, yeah, just go to the brewery. I'll 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 front half of the money required to do a, a small oh, batch. Wow. Yeah. Originally, we were just going to have like an after party, but then we were chatting, and he he. He sells beef brewing stuff behind the bar. It's one of the only pubs in in Fife. One of I think maybe a half dozen pubs in Fife that you can go to, and just buy you know cans of the stuff over mm. the counter. Mm. So um, he was like, so he had a good relationship, and we have a good relationship. With Ian, having been long term customers, and so we just approached beef brewing. Right, like, well, we do it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah. we again, it's like, what kind of he was like, what kind of beer do you want to make? And we were like. I don't know if you, any of you guys have had beef brewing, but they've got a beer called Dance Monkey, which is incredible. Yeah. And like, and so we sort of like, can it, something that's Dance Monkey ish in terms of like alcohol content, because it's like mm. seven. One, we were going like, I, I went in and I was like, if you could do Dance Monkey with like major notes of peach at mm. 6.2, 6.3, that sounds like my ideal beer. And we just we just went with that something peachy around about the six percent mark and see what happens, um, and then it came out at seven point one, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, the after party happened and we sold loads of it, but we were all like hanging really badly on the on the Sunday. <laughs> I'll bet, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. Um, and working with Beef was really interesting. Take, taking part in brewing was amazing. Um, mm. Colin designed the labeling, but so. It was all kind of done in house. Colin, Colin designed the label. Beath printed it, and then me and my twelve-year-old son were in Beath two nights beforehand with their their three D printed uh, labeling device. Oh wow! And, uh, it got to, and so it was all. It was just good. It was nice. It was like to think, like to be part of that process. Like, yeah. I know. I mean, Andrew went up to do some of the mixing and fighting over the paddle and stuff for like mixing <laughs> the, mixing the malts in and stuff. It was. I totally recommend it if anybody loves near a small brewery or as friends with a brewery just asked to get involved in a brew day i imagine most like we'd be we'd been talking back and forth with beef for ages and he was just like oh i'm doing a brew on tuesday going you can pop up on a tuesday and just take part and it's incredible yeah it's incredible i think once every yeah it's good i can imagine it being quite addictive as well it's a bit <laughs> like a, i think I, I i i've been to like big 
breweries before and you do the, the, the brewing the brewery tour like i've done mm-hmm. it at fine Eats and i've done it at, um the big one the black owl brewing you know just north of Inverness. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, done, done the, I've done the brewery tours there but they're, they're so big and industrial mm-hmm. whereas like when you go to a craft brewer like a small like micro brewery um it's like a it's like a mad scientist lab and there's all these like tubes and hoses and like things mm. are bubbling in that it's just really cool and it smells amazing <laughs> and you're like <laughs> it's just taking place in someone's kitchen <laughs> okay so uh, let's get to the softball questions now uh jeff what is your favorite pub to go to and enjoy a beer um loads <laughs> uh, <laughs> ones that sell alcohol uh, so the, <laughs> and the firm one um I, I've I mentioned Haberdashery. It's um, they that's like a speakeasy style bar, which used to be growing up in Dunfermline when it was the, when before it was a Haberdashery. It was called the Watering Hole, and it was where all it's where every fifteen year old it was like a rites of passage to try and get sold there, and then try and get the town to one of the nightclubs. Um, when you're you know, throw a Dutch courage. Um, mm. but yeah, it's now it's now this quite it's quite classy. It's really nice. They do really good. Um. You do really good uh, Middle Eastern style food, and um, you can buy kind of overtone and beef cans of overtone and beef, and you can get pints of uh, Beaver Town, and it's just really nice. Um, and then we have a we have a camera pub up the town ah. um, called the Commercial, which is right in the centre of Dunfermline, and that's really good for because they they they're constantly changing the fonts. So I I got there on a Sunday. So if anybody actually wants to come, you'll find me on a Sunday. Maybe my friends are usually like, like the boys from the Brugaders are there, or there'll be a couple of us playing like backgammon or just messing about. But it's a Sunday and it's usually quite quiet. And they have some really awesome, like, I was there yesterday and they had loads of the alchemy brewing stuff. And then they had Jarl, which is like the session I pay that find do. And then some loads of Stuart stuff on cask as well. So it was just, um, and it changes as it changes every week. So you go in every week and there's, there's a new IPA on, or you know they've changed the barrel. Mm. It's actually good to go to, and um, you know, there's a there's a tenants pub in Dunfermline one that I'm really partial to as well called the Monarch. The um the the lady that owns it, my, my wife has a shop in the town, and my wife owns a shop in Dunfermline, and the lady that owns the Monarch is her landlord. So I'm kind of biased to that place anyway because it's run <laughs> by it's run by a really nice family, but, um, but they've got a dry gate tap, and I think dry gate is. Mm considering it's like a tenant spin-off isn't it it's a tenant's owned craft beer style or craft style beer brewery yeah i think they're quite underrated they've got some they've got some quite nice beers in there so yeah uh, we're quite lucky in the fair one there's other places as well the um calden and craft beer merchant which is a beer shop that kind of was partial you know was partially massively responsible for the start of the podcast they, they've got um they've installed taps as well so ah. You know, they've got a, they've got a tasting room, so I think a maximum capacity of six people can sit in there. But um, yeah, you're getting you're getting some of the best beer available on tap there. So yeah, lovely stuff. Um, well, speaking of recommendations, do you have a beer recommendation you'd like to drop on the listeners? Something that you you know find quite easily in uh, shops, supermarkets? Yeah, um, it depends. Like I'm really enjoying stuff that Salt are doing just now. You can buy them the most. As does. Oh, well, I didn't even mention supermarkets. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a. I think I think they're as they're knocking out the park a wee bit at the moment with um, 
I think they've got salt and vocation are the two breweries that they kind of got in house. Mm, yeah. And, and most of the stuff that they're putting out is there's a an IPA that um vocation do called Life or Death or Life and Death. Yeah. It's quite yeah. Nice. So yeah, um, just something along there. And um, I don't know. If you asked me two or three weeks ago or two or three months ago, I would have been throwing you. I would have just been like. Brewdog gets a bad reputation, but the beer's okay. But actually, like we're all boycotting that now. So post <laughs> post documentary, we're all boycotting. Yeah, right. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it, I do think quite an underrated beer is the um, anti-establishment one that Aldi do, which is like their. Uh, it's oh, called Aldi. Yeah. Their it's their punk IPA, mm-hmm. but pencil cheaper. I can knock off that. Um, but I think it's actually quite good, and I I know we've talked about it on the podcast. It's it's as good, if not sometimes better than Punk IP, despite the fact mm. that it's, it, I think it was made with its tongue and its cheek, you know, to try and mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Um, I hear it's yeah. pretty good. I hear it comes with 75% less uh, sexual harassment. That beer yeah, does. Yeah. Um, it's a good one. It's a good one, guys. Yeah. Check it out. Check yeah, it um, out. It's not got, yeah. We talked about that last week. It's like, uh, it, it's an enjoyable beer with, with, with no overtones of like, Feeling uncomfortable in your workplace. And... <laughs> <laughs> there, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Right. Uh, and to, to round it up, Jeff, all we need for you now is just to sort of promote your, your social media for the show, or if there's any other groups that you kind of want to highlight and just bring to the attention of our listeners. Now's well, the time. I think I, I, think I need to. Um, I think I need to clear up what I was saying earlier about Dave Cook because I felt really bad for forgetting that Killtopia was the name of his series. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, in terms of our social media, I really, um, yeah, we're at the Brugaders on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on TikTok, but oh. I, uh, yeah. I tried, I tried to get <laughs> down, I tried to get down with the kids. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't get TikTok. <laughs> we, we do have a TikTok um, it's got like four videos and they're just screenshots from the show with what I think are clever pieces of music. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. You, you all just need to do synchronized dancing. I think that's yeah. what is. Yeah. Please check out uh, Colin Maxwell. Who's, who's my, he's my co-host and one of my best mates. He's got um, at Maximize Comics. You check him out. He's a, he works for a DC Thompson does, does stories for there, which is, I don't know after one the second or third biggest comic company in the UK, I think mm-hmm. after Rebellion maybe, the DC Thompson um, did the Commando comics, which were the old Wii War comics. They are the old Wii A5 War comics that you used mm-hmm. to pick up when you went to see your granddad, you know, and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so he's right, he's writing them and amazing. And then you've got um, at Glass City Comics, Dave Craner, as I said earlier, does um he's our other host, does um a comic book series set in sort of a dystopian noir-esque Glasgow and uh, obviously check out um, at Kingdom Comics and Games which is the shop in Kirkcaldy run by pal Andrew and another host of the podcast and yeah I've got a comic series as well but yeah at the uh, Spirit of NK which is a, a TV uh, not TV series I hope it's going to be a TV series but one day <laughs> but that's a, a project get yeah, out there well that was like um I was I was at we were at a thought bubble. Um, I saw a, there was a presentation held by one of the guys who is is one of the ones I don't really know. I always I think it's, is it Frank Quietly? I think it may not be his name. I need to, somebody will need to correct me. But one of the guys behind The Walking Dead, who's not one of the guys you immediately think of. Right. But he okay. he was but he was doing a he was doing a a presentation about 
it was called Comics to Big Screen and Back. And he mm -hmm. was talking about like a lot of comic creators will go and try and get something, uh, try and get a table at the big one, San Diego, because apparently Hollywood executives get sent, like hundreds of them get sent out there specifically just to walk around the tables and go, is that been option for a TV series yet? Mm -hmm. I'll buy that. And they'll do that. So like, and it, and so there's a hope that if you, you know, if a studio picks up your comic and likes it, then you might be on Netflix in a couple of years um, or something like that. So, yeah. But yeah, um, the spirit of NK is a, in the series I write is a superhero series set in Iraq and um, during all the kind of horrific troubles that go on there. And yeah, it's, um, so please check that out if you're inclined. <laughs> <laughs> of course, guys. Yeah, check that out and uh, check the uh, the rest of, of, of all that stuff out. Um, it's been a pleasure uh, to have you on, Jeff. And I'm glad we finally kind of sat down and, and did this, bud, and, and got the chance to, uh, to chat kind of one-on-one or two-on-one. So it's been brilliant, yeah. mate. Thank you. No, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Anytime. And I hope to have you guys on the Brugger soon. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Make it happen. Awesome. Cool. Cheers, guys. Stu. Thomas. I hope, I hope that... I just want to say thank you for doing a good job on that interview. It was it was fantastic. Well done. Um, just want to I, congratulate you. Um, I I personally would like to thank Jeff. Yeah, that probably would make some more sense. Coming to on honest. to the show. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Shout again. Out. If if you want to hear more of Jeff and his cronies, <laughs> look up the Brewgooders. I think the full title is The League of Beers and Comics. Yes. Uh, yeah. Put that into Facebook. Uh, they do live shows Thursday nights from, I believe, 8 p.m. And if you're listening to this prior to, let's look at the calendar. Let's check I think it out. It is the 31st of March. So, Thursday, the 31st of March, if all goes well. Me and your boy Tom will be on the Brewgooders. To Don't make promises you can't keep. Very sure. episode. As soon as I promote anything on this podcast, Tom fucking changes it. <laughs> I know you've got ballroom dancing lessons on that night and you can't make it, so stop stop lying to the people. Um... Miss you bastard. <laughs> so, Tom, what do you think so... of this beer? You know, it's made from girders. Uh, it's not. It's not bad. Not bad drink at all. Again, if I'm gonna go and uh, go for a beer and drink a beer, it's not normally something that I would pick. But much like the the Bacchus, is it that we and... discussed earlier? It's it's an enjoyable beverage. It it, it stands on its own as as mm. a sour sour beer, and um, it's. I mean, if you want a beer that tastes like Iron Brew, this is mm -hmm. it, my friends. You want to get. Pissed off Iron Brew. You'll you'll get there eventually. This um, is it. Yeah, this almost got it's almost got like wheat beer kind of not wheat beer, like, like maybe Belgian beer kind of aftertaste to it. Mm -hmm. so it might be a stretch, but that's the closest thing or the closest kind of uh I don't know, normal beer or closest kind of standard beer that I can think of that I would liken it to. Yeah. Okay. Time yes. is up. Oh, geez. Oh, that time already. <laughs> Let's finish this bad. I'll get my coat on. Look, you you can join me because I'm off to Glasgow again to grab a pint of Iron Brew on draft 
mix it up with a little Glen's vodka and voila, my new Scottish party drink. Pour your book fast down the drain. Donate that bottle of Johnny Walker to your local hobo. I've got the recipe for a real classy time. Stu, are you, are you coming with me or not? Or don't seem as enthusiastic as I do. It's at the. I'll, I'll, I'll get you on the next one. <laughs> it's at the Lager Logs. I'll meet you there. <laughs> for all things Lager Logs. Cheers, guy. Uh, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Stu, we have some exciting social experiments coming up. Yes, not just harassing people in public and calling them pranks, right? Although I, I do no. like it when we do that. We've got other things to offer. What yes. have we got? Unboxing <laughs> videos? Like, how much do we want to like peek yeah. behind the curtain here? We have been getting, we've been getting more free beer, which, like, God bless the people and God bless us. Um, thank you. We've got things to do in May. We've we've planned a couple more visits to, uh, you know, your favorite discount supermarkets. <laughs> yeah. Like think back to season one. What what was the theme? A lot of throwbacks this this mm. season. I think we're running out of so, ideas. Like I mentioned previously, it might be true. Actually, I was joking before, but it might be true. When in doubt, pull out the greatest hits. There we go. That's the the motto of the show. The mentality of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, lots of exciting things to look forward to, guys. Uh, next week. The testing on human subjects continues, as doing it on animals would be cruel. Uh, and we hear from Dave McGowan, director and co-owner of Rawson Brewery, an absolutely lovely chap. We had a blast talking his ear off for far too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we appreciate him putting up with us for an extended period of time. Uh, they hooked us up very kindly with a bunch of brews, which we'll be getting into on the show. But our main review will be of their Stout Jock which I think has to be my most anticipated beer of the season. Been in the fridge so long, I'm going to need a lolly stick to shove into that sucker. Bon voyage, booze hounds. Say goodbye, Stu. Goodbye. Got, I've got, I've brought my own uh, sound clips, brought my YouTube clips. Not this. That's not it. This is not it. This is extremely long advert. This is not good. This is not what I want right now. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. No. No. It's like the. The crazy frog is back. There we go. Okay. Hide and seek. Tell the kids about that one. That sounds great. It's available on the App Store.